The thoughts, opinions, and general overall shade thrown on Hyatt 9 News are those of the individual speakers and not those of Hyatt 9 News, its audience, or its advertisers. The statements made do not constitute medical, legal, or financial advice. And for advice tailored to your specific situation, please consult with a licensed professional. Welcome to the Hyatt 9 News Hour, where you will hear from cannabis industry experts and professionals from around the country talk about important topics while shining light on global issues and discussing cannabis as it relates to politics, regulation and reform, data and technology, science, research and medicine, family and parenting, art, celebrities and entertainment, fitness, sports, mental health and wellness and plant-based medicines and entheogenics. Together, we are building a stronger community, fighting the stigma and creating change. With your hosts, Jason Beck and Rico Lamite, joined by special industry expert correspondents from around the country and daily antics brought to you by Cannabis. Coming to you live every Monday through Friday at 9 a.m. Pacific time and high noon on the East Coast. And thank you all for getting high at nine with us. Oh, yeah. Good morning, everybody. It is Wednesday, November 8th, and today is World Radiography Day. It's also World Urbanism Day, Rico. It's also (laughs) National (laughs) STEM slash STEM Day, whatever that's supposed to mean. It's definitely not for stem cells, but... Science, technology. Oh, science, technology, education, and what? Maintenance? Math. Okay, math. All right. Fair enough. Science, technology, education, and math. That's that's a good day today. I'm with that. It's also National Parents as Teachers Day because as a, a parent, it is your job to teach your children, even though a lot of people don't believe that. But nonetheless, it's also National Harvey Wahlberger Day. And, of course, that's right. Adam, this is for you, Adam. It is National Cappuccino Day. Oh, yeah. Thank you for joining us and getting high at nine with us. It's also high noon on the East Coast. And please remember to like, share, and subscribe to us on all social media platforms. Use that fancy little QR code up there in the top-hand corner of your screen to see where we live on the Internet. And we are live every Monday through Friday on YouTube. And uh, you can also find us streaming on Facebook, Twitch, Rumble, and Twitter. So welcome to everyone joining us from any of those platforms as well. But kicking it off today, that's right, we have the dope dad himself. It's Rico Lamite. The Northwestern Superstar. Oh, yeah. Rocking the purple background for the purple color school. That's right. It is the okay. dope dad himself. Rico Lamite. No applause. Oh, there we go. There there goes the applause. There we go. There you go. Uh, thank you, Jason. I want to start things off with a huge, huge, huge shout out to Ohio for becoming the 24th state in the union. Uh, to end prohibition. Uh, we have Stone Slade covering the story today, and I cannot wait for the details on that one. But for my headline, we're heading to the nation's capital where the GOP-led House of Representatives continues to put up stats like some of the greatest defensive pro sports teams of all time. Marijuana Moments' Javier Asse reported yesterday that a key GOP-controlled House committee put up an epic two-block effort on one amendment to a spending bill aimed to free up D, uh, Washington, D.C. and legalize cannabis sales and a separate proposal aimed to prevent drug testing federal job applicants for cannabis. Per the article, the House Rules Committee declined to make an order for floor votes, the two amendments to 
on the two amendments to uh, appropriations legislation covering financial services and general government on Monday. The latest in a series of cannabis reform measures, the panels blocked from full house, uh, the full house from considering. The amendment was filed by the representatives Eleanor Holmes Norton of D.C., Earl Blumenauer of Oregon, and Barbara Lee of California, and would have been removing a long a long-standing rumor. Ah, killing it today. A uh, long-standing rider that prevents D.C. from using local tax dollars to implement a, a commercial market, despite district voters approving legalization at the ballot back at 2014. So the rider was kept in both Republican-majority House and Democratic-majority Senate bills that moved through each chamber's respective appropriations committee this summer. And President Biden's fiscal year 2024 budget request that he released in March also maintained the rider for a third year in a row. Also blocked by the GOP Rules Committee was an amendment from Democratic Representative Robert Garcia of California. Garcia's consistently used the appropriations process this year to secure cannabis-related employment protections for federal workers. And just like an attempted layup on the court, 7-4 San Antonio Spurs rookie phenom Victor Wembanyama, the immovable house elephants swatted all of those down with ease. Like the other proposals, the FSGG amendment would have prevented the use of federal funds to drug test federal job applicants under covered agencies for, uh, for cannabis. Garcia's most recent effort was filing of a version of the reform for appropriations legislation covering commerce, justice, science, and related agencies, and uh, labor, health, and human services, and education. Wonder how that one's going to turn out. Garcia and Colorado Rep. Earl Blumenauer separately filed a CJS amendment to protect jurisdictions that legalize psilocybin for therapeutic use. Might be another block there. Uh, any true sports fan or athlete that's played on a competitive level will tell you that defense wins championships. But you still got to put points on the board to win games. NFL in the 70s, it was the infamous Pittsburgh Steel Curtain led by Mean Joe Green. Uh, but they also had all-time great Hall of Fame quarterback Terry Bradshaw taking snaps. NBA's 03-04 Detroit Pistons led by Ben Wallace uh, had arguably the best defense to ever hit the hard court, but still had four guys in the starting lineup that had dropped 30 points on you quick if you got caught lacking. And that leads me to a current House Republicans. They're shutting out every piece of common sense legislation coming their way from across the aisle. But when the final buzzer rings, will the points they put up be enough to win the game? The panel has allowed separate GOP-led psychedelics measures to receive floor consideration as part of uh, another appropriations bill that ultimately passed the full house. So I'm guessing it's more about refusing to work with or consider the ideas of counterparts across the aisle than actually getting shit done in a timely fashion so American citizens can benefit. Seems more harmful than helpful to me, and perhaps the suffering voters will keep that in mind come re-election time, as we saw last night with key victories in Kentucky and Virginia on a state level. But what do I know? I'm just Rico Lamit, the dopest dad on the street for Hide 9 News. I want to hear from all of you. And But first, the highest Republican in the room, Jason Beck. What do you think about this, man? Your boys and gals just saying no. The party of no continues to do their thing. You're on mute. Stop Jake. it. Stop it. And more stop it. <laughs> All right. You're just perpetuating propaganda, Rico. And does anyone really expect the House to really take this type of action before we have federal legalization? I don't expect that because the House is technically basically like the board of supervisors for the city of D.C. as a territory. 
And so when you understand government and how government works in that way, I don't think anyone expects for the Board of Supervisors of D.C., a.k.a. the House of Representatives, to 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 move in this fashion. I mean, they didn't even do it when the Democrats had full control. So why would you expect this now? Um, I'm just going to say I would expect it because it would be the epitome of democracy because the people in that jurisdiction voted for it. Let's just start right there. Like, let's say, like, in these situations, right, like, are you, are you, hold on, hold I'm going to get you crazy under, you right understand, here. You're going to understand D.C. is years. a territory, it's not a state. I understand that, okay. but I'm saying it has been 10 years since the people of this jurisdiction have voted to be yep. able to legally consume, and, 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 possess, and, 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 and purchase doing, cannabis. They're currently doing that. They're currently doing that no, right now. No, yeah, no, no, no. There is 100%. no system for them to be able to legally purchase cannabis. Yes, it's the free so market. they have this weird law where i have to like give you a sticker for fifty dollars and then i can give you weed and it's it's completely ridiculous there's the, it no, it doesn't no, they, include they taxes in, to be able to help schools and roads and all the store. things that we need tax dollars to be able to help with like no, come on man they, no you, you can go into a store and you can self-certify in any store in dc and you're not going to get arrested or anything like that so to me they default already have this <laughs> No, what I'm saying is they are making sure the people in D.C. are getting very creative with how they can yeah. obtain cannabis. But my point is that the community is not benefiting from the legalization of cannabis right. when it's done in that fashion. So, listen, get your head out of the sand. The people voted for it 10 years ago. Let them implement their laws just like we've done in all the other states, just like the states are laboratories of democracy in every other fashion. Let D.C. do their thing. DC's and then when state. Congress goes up and does their thing and finally cut and gets the ball over the goal line of legalization, we can do it with the rest of the country like Idaho, Nebraska, and insert whatever other last dog you're going to have. I don't know. Thank you, Luke. I don't know. I don't know. I'm not buying it, I'm not buying it, but I appreciate it. Jason, it makes sense that you're you're you are a part of the party of no. I I am no no and no. Yeah. I see what you did there. See? I see what you did there. Yeah. <laughs> if if the ideas did not come from our people, the ideas will not get put on the floor. Oh God. Uh, you know um, we're open to all ideas. They just have to be good ones and actually make sense. But I'm serious. Well, if, if the Democrats didn't do this, what makes you think that the Republicans are going to do this? Be, being serious, like like all all BS aside, what? If and the that's Democrats the thing, right? Do this. What makes you think the Republicans that's the thing. are going to do it? That's the thing. Is it's always the other the team doesn't want the other the, team the to Democrats get the win. The Democrats grandstand on this issue. Grandstand on this issue. How so? Really? How so? Are you serious? How so? Yeah. How, how so? How so? Have how, how they grandstanded on the issue? They've been trying to push this forward for them, period. They've been continuously they trying to They didn't push get it done when they had them. all the branches of government to be able to do so. They had a majority of votes in the House where they could have done this. But guess what? They didn't care about D.C. enough to do uh, that. Rico. When, the shoe, no, when the shoe was on the other foot, House was putting, the Democrats in the House were putting shit forward. And Mitch McConnell would not put anything Mitch, forward uh, to Mitch McConnell on the Senate did, side. The, 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 the Senate did not need I to said, vote on this. On this, this, is the the house. this is just you the House. Have, you, you want to talk about safe banking? One of your favorite? We're not talking. You're, you're conflating, you're conflating conversations. Oh, hold on. Hold on. Hold on. I'm, I'm telling you, this is, this, is, this, is, this is a pattern of what the Republicans do. Period. Because when it was safe banking, it was the Democrats that were pushing it forward. It was actually the sudden, Democrats that killed safe banking in the first place. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. The Senate, Mitch McConnell, but Mitch McConnell would not bring it to a vote. Cory Booker. Cory Booker grandstanded. And now, and now you have, 
now you have it on the other side. The Senate is run by the Democrats. Listen, They're guys, guys. listen, guys. Hold up, hold up. Both sides are guilty of of not pushing this forward when both of them have the opportunity to. Let's just be real about I that. I can accept right that. I can accept that, trash. Luke. That's fair criticism. That's fair. Yeah, yeah they're, they're, they're both trash, but the, Demo the, the, the Democrats are actually making an effort to make concessions no, and get shit that. and get shit pushed, whether it's in that. cannabis there or elsewhere. Some, there are some the Republicans just say that. no to everything but unless unless they came up with it. They just say no. That's not true. That's it. That's not true. That's that's just ridiculous. man. House is dysfunctional. Moving forward. House is dysfunctional. I don't know. What What do you think, Stone? You're in the great red state of Texas. What do you think about all this? In the great purple elephant state. <laughs> <laughs> Man, Luke couldn't have said it better. The, the, the people wanted it. Give it to them. What the F are we waiting on? Yeah. Both parties are guilty of, of stalling. And they'll continue to use the, 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 the legalized cannabis carrot for decades to come, I'm sure. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure they would because they love the carrot and the stick approach. That's for sure. And and, and y'all know that I, I'm all about burning it all down. I don't have a, a horse in this race. I don't care about either party. I'm just saying, like, like the people are suffering mm -hmm. and um, all because they refuse to do their damn job. We're going to set this place on oh, fire. Boy, you can Burn it down like entirely. Oh, yeah. You know what? On that <laughs> note, we're going to go walk away. We're going to go to a commercial and we're going to be right back. The control tower from Highly Educated has perfected the dab. Utilizing the concept of thin film evaporation, you can waste none of it and taste all of it. The micro texture of the SE pillar increases nucleation at elevated temperatures. And with the tower propelling at 2,600 RPMs, it's certainly the most efficient dab experience to date. The Control Tower from Highly Educated. Let's, let's keep it. Yes. Mm -hmm. The Cannabis Industries representative for the party of no is coming to the stage next. Oh, boy. <laughs> and you know Such he's always hater. known for smoking. He is known for smoking on the best weed in the world, so he says. But it's you know true. what? I'm a man to compromise myself, and I'll say, maybe. Coming to the stage oh, next, God. you know who it is. Jason. You know the truth, Rico. And your lungs know the truth, too, every time you come by and say hi. So that's just that's just reality. But, oh, man, you guys, you know, that was a great discussion. But I'll tell you what, who's having an even in more interesting discussion today is the Florida Supreme Court because they are hearing arguments today on the marijuana initiative. That's right. The Florida Supreme Court will hear arguments on Wednesday, which is today, about a proposed constitutional amendment that would allow adult use of cannabis by people t ages 21 and older in the state of Florida. The Smart and Safe Florida Political Committee, which is leading the initiative, needs the Supreme Court to sign off on the proposed ballot wording before the measure can go before voters next November. The proposal has drawn opposition from Attorney General Ashley Moody. Both sides will have 20 minutes to make their case. The Supreme Court reviews ballot initiatives to make sure they are not confusing to voters and address single subjects. The Smart and Safe Florida Committee, which is backed by TrueLeave, the state's largest medical marijuana operator, has submitted enough valid petition signatures to get on the ballot. The minimum was 891,000 signatures. The committee collected over 1 million signatures in total, and those signatures didn't necessarily represent support for the effort, just the number of people who would like the chance to vote on whether adult-use cannabis should be legal in Florida. 
The proposed ballot summary, in part, says the measure would allow adults 21 years or older to possess, purchase, or use marijuana products and marijuana accessories for non-medical consumption. If the initiative goes before the voters, it would need 60% approval in order to amend the state's constitution. And Ohio voters last night approved the measure legalizing adult-use cannabis on Tuesday, defying Republican legislative leaders who had failed to pass the proposed law. Passage of issue number two makes Ohio the 24th state to allow adult use cannabis for non-medical purposes. And in a quote, marijuana is no longer a controversial issue, said Tom Heron, spokesman for the coalition to regulate marijuana like alcohol. Ohioans demonstrated this by passing state issue two in a landslide and Ohioans are being extremely clear on the future they want for our state. Adult use marijuana, legal and regulated, he says. The new law will allow adults 21 and over to buy and possess up to 2.5 ounces of cannabis and to grow plants at home. A 10% tax will be imposed on purchases to be spent on administrative costs, addiction treatment, municipalities with dispensaries and social equity and jobs programs supporting the industry itself well i mean it sounds like all those places sounds like each one of those uh each one of those branch arms that they mentioned is going to get probably about two percent because there's five of those and they're only given ten percent so i guess that's how the money is going to fall but nonetheless this is jason beck for the high at nine news hour what do y'all think about this florida supreme court they're hearing arguments today 20 minutes each i, I think i, I think uh, uh florida is gonna be very very interesting the way that thing plays out um, it'll be, you know, truly spent 40 mil on that thing. <laughs> mm-hmm. and, if, and if it doesn't, doesn't pass, I guess, I don't know what's going to happen to truly. Um, yeah. but it, if, is it, is I know, yeah, truly if his influence out? in Florida is heavy, yeah, super heavy. Um, and, 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 and Ron, Ron DeSantis coming off of, uh, this ass whooping. Wearing his uh, his boot lifts and everything. <laughs> hey, 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 come, easy, easy, down there. easy on the boot lifts. Easy on the boot lifts. <laughs> easy, easy, yeah. easy. Hey, come on. Hey, <laughs> he, he doesn't need them, you know. So he, he should be he should be mad at him for. <laughs> oh, I should <laughs> be mad at him. Oh, so I should I should I should attack him for like trying to impersonate the disabled. Is that what you're? Yeah, telling he's talking me? shit about you. Yeah, he's, 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 he's attacking you. But I uh, know. But seriously, um, I, I think he's gonna be all piss and vinegar coming off of his uh, his his big shellacking. Uh, that he has gotten uh, in, in, in the presidential race. And he's going to go down there, and I think he's going to kill the whole thing. So mm-hmm. he's, he's anti-cannabis. But, I, um, I could definitely, definitely see him pulling a, what's her name, Christy Noam from yeah. South Dakota, where people voted it in, and she straight up was like, nope, you guys don't know what you're talking not, about. That's not going to yep. happen. 92% he's not yes. He's not going to do that. F y'all. He's not going to we'll do see. that. He's not going to do that. Yeah, we'll see, well, the the initiative too, process... Is how you get around these asshole politicians exactly. who won't vote for shit. Thank you, Dale. Okay. But the problem is very few states have the initiative process California has. There's a lot of ways to attack it, go around it, to get through it. And, uh, you know, we'll just have to wait and see. Because if you look at where it was on the ballot, you know, Ohio, is it, the voters said, fuck it, we want this. Mm-hmm. Stop it. And yeah. Politicians don't like that. So if they don't like the initiative... They're going to throw every wrench in, in the cogs they can to stop it. Well, I'll tell you it's, what, Dale. It's just bad. Ohio is going to be very interesting to watch because their voter initiative that passed last night is not a constitutional amendment. And so, therefore, now they basically the whole framework goes over to the legislature and they are forced to pass some type of framework that is going to 
the the regulations for the adult use industry in in regards to how Ohio operates with its commerce. Yeah. And I just I just wanted to add to that shout out Cleveland, Youngstown, Dayton, Cincinnati. The town. Yeah, you don't want to shout yes. out shout, shout out. You don't want to shout out Boehner, huh? No, nah, there ain't gonna be no Boehners. But listen, about, the people of Ohio, I was, I was meeting with a lot of them in at Benzinga in Miami. They're super enthusiastic about legalization. I knew this was gonna come down really, 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 really soon, and uh, I'm I'm glad to see it. There's some people that some social equity people over there that I know that are poised to to jump in right away, and I hope to see them uh, be successful. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Shout out to Cleveland uh, Cleveland Cannabis College. Shout out to everybody uh, doing their thing out there, and. Um, yeah, man. And 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 and, and we're and, and word on the streets from D.C. One of their newly elected senators in Ohio, I heard he was waiting to see what the results were. This was to see what he was going to make as his established position in regards with cannabis. So that we will shall see, and hopefully we'll see a story coming up soon about that. Yeah, uh, you, need, you need to vote people out like that. That they, they got to wait and see how how other states are doing it. Other states are not your well, state. That that is no, his yeah, state. Yeah, he's yeah. A, he's an Ohio senator, and it just passed. Yeah, and he was I, waiting to. In to this form particular his instance, Rico, I wouldn't say like you got to vote him out, like because I I respect like if you want to wait to see what the people's voice is on it, like mm-hmm. okay, that's cool. But res- when they do speak, respect it. That's the problem I have. Is what happens is most times is when they speak, they still say, oh well, you guys don't know what you're talking about. Exactly. I'm still going to implement these old conservative Puritan laws and oh well. Yeah. Very, very, very true. And we'll see. We'll see what the uh, Ohio legislature does with this and and how they how they do it. But I do find it interesting that they don't sell Ace and they only sell two point fives, and the maximum quantity here sounds is like two my and old half, high is school two and a half ounces. It's two and a half ounces. So <laughs> it doesn't sound like they're going to change. The uh the, the since purchase since size in Ohio. Or, you think they're gonna call that a quarter? They're gonna call that a no, quarter. No, it's called in the Ohio? tenth. It's called the tenth, Rico. I know, but uh, you know they need to rebrand that shit because if Michigan right next door is selling eighths, why are you gonna go for a tenth for uh, for a smaller amount? Maybe because um, everybody in Ohio really wants prices. to be in the Big Ten. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and Ohio really, it's not even really a tenth though, right? It's really more like a ninth. No, no, it's a tenth. Yeah. It's a tenth. Or an eleventh. It's, it's a tenth. It's actually, I think, it's like two point seven grams or two point eight or something like that. But it it is actual tenth is the actual unit dimension. You better put that shit on a scale. You better put that in a shit on a scale before you get home. Mm-hmm. Make sure they put the full tenth in there. Mm. Ohio, uh, hit me on my website. I am selling brand new hand scales that you can bring yes. in to your local. Are you dispensary. are you selling the ones, the old school ones that have the counterweight on? Oh side yeah, that you, you know which bag. ones. Yeah. It's gonna be branded with oh, yeah. profit on the side on. of it. It's the yeah. old school one that has the little like hanging weight yeah. on it. Yeah, yeah. 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 we do it. Yeah. Yeah. Listen, if you don't know about that, then you're not. Uh, we don't even gotta talk. Yeah. Oh, yeah. If you're breaking break. the brick up, you're throwing rocks in there and see what it weighs. Yeah. Yeah. And we heard about a nickel. You been saying a dollar weighs a gram. You gotta make sure too that when that when you're using one of those type of scales that your bag or whatever you are clipping onto that little that little hemostat little clip that it is not uh hitting the scale at all because you can definitely get a misread if that is touching any part of the scale yeah, shout out shout out to, uh, to nickels dimes and dub sacks man nickels dimes <laughs> and dubs out, out. oh man and on that note we're gonna keep this keep this train rolling we are gonna roll and congratulations ohio good job last night yes and, yes Yes, and we're going to roll right into everyone's favorite angry uncle. But that's actually, he's extremely happy because he just married his daughter off last week. Congratulations, Dale. And congratulations, Heather, and to your new bride as well. Your new son-in-law, Dale, congratulations. And he is the founder of Armada Law Practice. 
And he's going to piss up a rope for you guys. That's right. It is Mr. Dale Schaefer. Morning, everybody. Thanks, Jason. I have five children. This is the first one I got to be at their wedding. I love so, it. So awesome. Prison causes a lot of problems for people. And, you know, not having kids born or grandkids born and kids married while you're in prison is just fucked up beyond any mm -hmm. recognition. Okay. My story today comes out of Idaho. It's out of Law 360. And the headline is Due Process Claims Okayed and Suit Over Idaho Pot User List. Now, when I read this yesterday, what piqued my attention was that a woman who was pregnant, <clears throat> she went to the hospital, delivered her baby, and they drug tested her, and she had THC in her system, and the shit literally hit the fan then, because they have a child abuser registry in, uh, in Idaho, and under their laws, if you are positive for a controlled substance that is not prescribed for you, and you're going to be placed on this registry. It's a level two violation, and it's 10 years you're going to be on this registry. So this wow. woman goes in, has a baby, tests positive, and she gets notified, hey, you're positive. And the positive test is reviewed by a bureaucrat that says, yep, you're positive. You're, you're going to be on the registry. He makes an administrative um, appeal, which is not really appeal, but she, she questions it. Another bureaucrat says, nope, the test is positive, and now you're on the registry. Before you can even appeal this to a, an attorney or some hearing officer or to the court, she's already on the registry because she pissed positive. Okay? So she sued, and she sued the, uh, uh, the guy who was the director of the Idaho Health and Welfare. Um, and she attacked us on many uh, avenues, uh, but due process is where the court said, now nah, I'm gonna, I'm not gonna let this go forward like this. Now, we've talked about in, in the past where when you file a complaint, there's a stage called the pleading stage. You can either answer the complaint, or in this, you file what we call a demur, or in this case in federal court, it's a 12B6 motion to dismiss. You assume everything in the complaint is correct, and then you look for whether there's enough pled for a viable cause of action. The court threw most of her complaint out, but found that there was a, a due process problem here. And they parsed this out a bit, and they, they pointed out that the statute in question, the one for child abusers, was specifically designed to protect children from someone who has abused them. If you abuse a child, you're going to be on this registry, and depending on the level of abuse, it could be for 10 years. And the court looked at this and said, hang on, even though Idaho law says we're going to protect the pre-born, nobody passed the law to connect pre-born to this child abuse registry. They said until a child is born, it doesn't qualify for this. Okay? And so that, that was a big statement coming out of a federal court. They took a look at the fundamental rights involved here, and they found that this is not a traditional fundamental right. It's more under the right of privacy, which is where, you know, pregnancy and, and reproductive rights have been fought for a while. They said, we're going to let this go forward under what we call a rational basis test. And in, when you question constitutionally some action by a state, the court looks at what is the fundamental right that's involved, and that's where they begin their, their inquiry. 
since this was not a traditional fundamental right, they held it to the lowest level of scrutiny, which means if the, the state can show that it's, the action is rationally related to a legitimate state interest, then the state wins. The other end of the spectrum <laughs> is that a fundamental right, the state has to prove that their actions were necessary to protect a critical state, a fundamental state interest, okay? And the state typically loses those. Well, this is gonna go forward under the rational basis test. And the, the federal judge pointed out, well, this has got some rational basis problems. One of them is that to hold that smoke and weed is gonna put you on this list, no one's looking at tobacco and alcohol as dangers of that child. There's a, there's a disconnect here. The reason you're doing this is because we don't want um, health issues with the unborn child. And you need to take a look at alcohol and tobacco because they are proven fetal toxins. If you don't know anybody with fetal alcohol syndrome, you haven't been looking hard because it's a problem for children. And that was, that was pointed out, uh, and I was a bit surprised the federal judge gonna point that out. He also stated boldly that her use was medical. This woman during pregnancy had what they call uh, hyperemesis gravitorum, which means she puked her guts out because she's pregnant, so she smoked some weed. But in Idaho, it wasn't legal. <clears throat> so there's when she falls down the trap. So the court's gonna let this go forward and now we're going to go into discovery and there's probably going to be some more motions filed with evidence put in front of the court to um, try to prove that this is a viable law by the state or to prove on the point of this woman that this is nonsense and it doesn't satisfy the rational basis test. So we'll watch this and after the results of last night's vote um, for abortion rights in Ohio, some of these decisions are going to take on more importance as we go further down the line. This got my attention as you can't go after people for smoking weed, okay? It's like employment, pregnancy rights, things like that. That was why I got into this. But after the results of the election and you read this thing, there's a lot more issues here at stake. So that's, uh, I'm going to throw it back at you guys. What do you all think about this? Man, this is, this is going to be problems like, like down the line. Like, like you have, um, um, yeah, if you do this, we're on the cusp of, Federal legalization over the next few years and everything, and I hope these <clears> judges <throat> that are putting uh, that are putting forward these uh, these rulings uh, keep that in mind because there's gonna be a shit ton of appeals and a shit ton of uh, of just like uh, backlash for this like within a year or two, um, and, you're, and you're marking somebody you're you're, you're essentially ruining somebody's life uh, going forward, um, just putting a scarlet letter on them uh, right out the jump. It's it's, it's, it's not fair. Well, and that, they're, that they're, they're ruining the, the mothers. They're, they're ruining the mother's life and they're ruining the, the baby's life at, at, at the start yeah. of it by not, yeah. not keeping the family unit together. So this is a travesty they're, all around. They're, they're causing way more harm than the cannabis was causing <laughs> in the first place. Yeah. If you're a human and, being well, in this position, come, this, this situation comes in front of you and in your idea of, of, of common sense is to punish this woman for 10 years because she was smoking cannabis for whatever reason, there's something wrong with you. You, well, you, you no, that's, no, and that's just the thing, Stone, is we don't know that she was smoking cannabis and then just consuming cannabis while on 
on pregnancies, like if a woman ate an edible for, say, her back or something, that's not a definitive proof that it does any harm to the fetus. Now, I do not advocate smoking anything with while a woman is pregnant. That obviously deprives the fetus of oxygen and causes all kinds of damage. But just because somebody tests positive for, for cannabis does not mean that the fetus was harmed in the process. I want to make that clear. Just so, I, I didn't and, mean to interrupt you, brother, but that it, we sometimes miss that in these stories. And there, there and, 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 and and Luke too. There are some 20 cultures. Years ago, twenty something years ago, a doctor by the name of Melanie Dreyer went to Jamaica and did That's longitudinal exactly what I was studies about. on women that were smoking mm -hmm. weed like a choo-choo train during pregnancy. The kids met all their marks after after birth. There was no deficiencies. And in the longitudinal study, these kids are all normal. Yep. And this woman in the story, her kids normal. That's oh, exactly what I was no going to touch on. There's no factual basis go after people like this okay unlike yeah. alcohol and tobacco where it's proven they are harmful to the fetus cannabis is not mm -hmm. oh so, i mean we got to get over the hysteria here because cannabis is not the hobgoblin people want to make it out to be and what about this list too like this list is really crazy like to make somebody have to like register like like almost like a sex offender like a sex offender a right like, yeah that is that is totally weird to me that you would do that and you know what i'm gonna say this i'm gonna go on the record and say this because i know ohio's idaho is going to be one of the last people to, to one of the last soldiers standing right in, mm -hmm. in prohibition so That's i'm right. gonna go on the record and say this if you do make that list that list is going to be your fucking credit card. Excuse me. That's going to be your credit card. That is going to be the thing, your badge of honor to say, yo, I was on that Ohio test positive list before any of you guys will. That's your legacy card, Ohio, right there if you make that list. <laughs> yes. A1 credit. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. I, don't, I mean, Idaho, I think they're, they're dropping the ball on that, man, being the last, you know, not how many uh, bags of French fries I've smashed uh, with the munchies. Mm -hmm. And... Um, they want to be the, the the big Idaho spud potato state. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like they're, they're missing out. They're missing out on a lot of sales with that. Bro, Spuds is such a great cannabis brand name, right? Yeah. Right. Dog, think about like the festival that you could do with cannabis and the potato, the Idaho potato. Like, bro, you, you have everybody smoking joints right. out of potatoes like it was apples. Oh yeah. Okay. I don't know, man. You yeah. might you might have a works like a coke can, right? Yep. Wait, yeah, wait. It's more healthier and it's organic. A domestic terrorist uh, situation going down. Somebody pulls out a potato gun. Same, oh, uh, God. Uh, I, I knew you were going to bring the potato gun into this. I, I just I, I saw that one coming a mile away, Rico. And uh, for those of you that grew up in the Central Valley, we know that those can be dangerous. Oh, yeah. They, 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 off Why? What do you guys do? Go <laughs> cow plant. tipping with potato guns out there? Oh, no. That, those those farmers will blast you with those potato guns. <laughs> and any any y'all city slickers out there, man, if any country boy or country girl asks you or invites you to go cow tipping, don't do it. I don't know. I know I know we used to we used to throw parties in San Francisco at different warehouses and whatnot. And uh they would always be in like the shady Hunters Point area or whatnot. And uh there was always like a number of different uh, parking lots that would park uh, large, large scale moving trucks. And we would always just shoot our potato gun at those at those trucks. And they would make the biggest noise uh, because hold on, hold on, back outside. up, back up. So you're in Hunter's Point shooting yeah. potato guns yeah. at garbage trucks. At, no, 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 no. More like moving trucks. Freight carriers. At moving trucks. Yes, so you're yes, in Hunter's yes. Point shooting a potato gun yes. at moving trucks. A whole bunch of us, too. Yeah. Like we were having a rave and Not shooting off potato guns. Not many people can say that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, there was no cow to tip, Luke, so he had to do something. 
Yeah, yeah she's there, there are, does not include murder. Remember that. Yeah, there's no cows in Hunter's Point. There's no. Well, there is, but you know, whatever. We're gonna keep it moving. We're gonna go to a commercial. We're gonna be right back. How's it going, guys? Saman Razani coming to you from Green Street here with Jason Beck smoking on the best weed in the world. Did you know that we have an audio-only version of our podcast available on Apple, Google, Amazon, iHeartRadio, and Spotify? Tune in now and check it out. Kinds of shit. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Stop whatever you're doing. Make sure you hit that like button. I know we'll appreciate it. YouTube really appreciates it, and you will feel like a better person for doing so. Also, too, make sure you're subscribed to the channel if you have not subscribed already. And also, too, make sure you subscribe to Hyatt 9 News, spelled out N-I-N-E, because there's going to be some stuff going on on that channel, too. So you want to make sure that you're subscribed to that coming up. And last but not least, you can read all of our articles on Hyatt 9 News at www.hyatt9news.com. Go there, check it out today. I'm Jason Beck, and this is Smoky Vanilla. And if you want to feel as good as I look, then you need to get yourself a stretch and smoke with Smoky Vanilla. That's right, baby. I'm Smoky Vanilla with my background in kinesiology. I'm a sports massage therapist and stretch coach. I focus mostly on athletes who have chronic pain or injury due to their sport or the legends of the chronic in the game, baby. Oh, yeah. You know what it is. We just stretched and now we're going to smoke because you know what it is. That's right. I love intuitively creating a session based on the individual I'm working with. We'll go through a few assessments, look at the past health history, injury, or anything that's still affecting you today, and create a customized session just for you. Let's go. Work your rap. That's me. Oh, boy. Well, up next. When the great purple state of Texas decided Delta 8 dab sessions were the future, this Austin-based dope dad figured he'd be better off hitting the high road. Up next is the host of the show with the same damn name, Mr. Stone Slade. Thank you, Rico. Thank you, sir. As you guys already know, we've mentioned it already. I've got one fresh off the press, or should I say fresh out of the voting booth. This is an update to my story last week. Ohio takes a historic step. As I predicted last week, yesterday they successfully passed issue two and officially became the 24th state to legalize adult use cannabis. The successful vote means that in just 30 days, Ohioans 21 and older can legally indulge in the consumption, cultivation, and sale of cannabis subject to a state-imposed regulatory and tax system. This is a significant pivot from Ohio's stance in 2016 when adult use was voted down 64% to 36% and only medical cannabis was permitted. This progressive move is expected to send ripples through the Midwest, especially in states like Pennsylvania, West Virginia, Kentucky, and Indiana. These neighbors might soon see a wave of their residents heading to Ohio, but not for the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, but more for the roll and puff of legal cannabis contributing to Ohio's tax gains in the process. While the wind of change is blowing, efforts to legalize cannabis via voter ballots is already sparking up in states like Florida, Nebraska, and South Dakota for 2024. Ohio's decision is the latest testament to a growing trend towards legalizing across the, U- across the United States. And despite some heavy ep- opposition, which included advertisements that played on the fear of cannabis edibles being marketed to children and the Protect Ohio Workers and Families group predicting an additional, uh, an additional 48 fatal vehicle crashes and almost 2,300 more injury crashes if they legalize 
Ohioans saw through the reefer madness scare and showed up in support of reasonable regulation. Tom Heron, the spokesman for the coalition to regulate marijuana like alcohol said, marijuana, I think you said this already, Jason, marijuana is no longer a controversial issue. Ohioans spoke loud, they spoke clear. They know what they want. They want to regulate the adult use market in Ohio. They want to get rid of the illicit market and they want to bring the tax revenue back from the state of Michigan and bring it in and invest the money right back into the local communities. Not everyone is toasting this new era. Good old Kevin Sabet, the president of Smart Approaches to Marijuana Action, expressed his disappointment with the outcome, arguing state lawmakers to intervene against commercial cannabis activities. His statement reads, this fight is not over. It appears Mr. Sabet is still firmly holding on to the banner for prohibition, even as public opinion and policy shift in the opposite direction. With the, initial, uh, with the initiation of sales projected for the end of 2024, and with some skeptics uh, from the Republican-led legislature, there's an air of uncertainty, uncertainty on whether we'll see a smooth rollout or legislative hurdles that could inflate the very illicit market that these measures aim to defeat. Even though medical cannabis was approved in 2016, the first dispensary did not open until 2019. However, Harkin didn't seem concerned about state lawmakers making potential changes to issue two. He went on to say, this is a landslide victory. I can't believe in 2023, we're actually talking about elected officials not respecting the will of the voters and not respecting the outcome of an election. Ohio's move to legalize adult use cannabis is more than just a state decision. It's reflective of a larger national momentum towards embracing cannabis reform. And while some critics like Mr. Sabet remain entrenched in their positions, Ohio's vote is a clear signal. The conversation on cannabis is evolving with or without their consent. We'll keep you posted on the latest updates. I'm Stone Slade reporting for the Hyatt Nine News. Ohio, where's the where's the swag like Ohio, Rico? Um, listen, see. I'm so tired of hearing Kevin Sabet. Does he just have like a it's a, like a stock paragraph that he's going to give every news agency after every state goes? Like here, just he we won't even he interview has, you. Just give us a stock one. Has, it's, it's we'll call it the Kevin No Bet or whatever your name is. Like th no this is you are. God, yeah, I don't know why it's people called put a, a microphone in front of him. It's, it's called a canned response, Luke. Yeah, and his his shit needs to be canned. Is what it needs <laughs> to be. The organization is a waste of money, and it's it's completely misleading. It's propaganda. Like, please, people, stop like w stop listening to that garbage because it's not true, and it's a waste of your money. If you're donating to that organization, find another organization to donate to, please, because it's doing no good. I think, Bravo I think, to uh, Ohio. Listen, yeah. Cleveland, Youngstown, Dayton, Cincinnati, like I said before, and all the other cities in Ohio, man, much love to you guys out there. The people have spoken. I love when these when everybody comes together on these ballot initiatives because it's hard to get people to go out to there and vote sometimes because, look, let's keep it real. Politicians are not representing people in the way that they should, and a lot of politics can just discouraging altogether but to get the people to organize and come together and pass this vote is historic it's another notch welcome to the party ohio we're going to get the, the next states coming down the line and listen we're doing this it, it, you could go ahead and get kevin sabet's uh, canned response and just go ahead and run it for the next few states too and and we'll, we'll keep this pushing but federal legalization is coming too and I'm, I'm happy to see ohio push this forward man so bravo Bravo. Yeah, well, man. Kevin Sabet's dumb as a box of rocks, and he's full of shit. He's been that way since he first stepped up trying to influence the marijuana question or the cannabis question in the United States. What I'm going to watch 
is it took them three years from passage of the medical to get their first dispensary open. And what I've experienced is bureaucrats can drag their feet. Oh my God. And they will argue about shit. And the next thing you know, you're two or three years down the road and you still don't have your first business. They're still fighting about the enabling statutes and bringing the regulations out. That's where they still have a lot of control. It's very frustrating. And you can pass a law, but if you got to go have someone do an enabling statute and then do regulations, the shit just seems to take forever. Ever. Yes. I, I would imagine it's going to take forever, too, with Ohio. Like, I'm, I'm really excited that they got this passed, that they've made it over this hump. But I, I, I really don't anticipate anything for a couple of years, realistically. You know, and, and this, this, whole, this, this whole save the children, you know, uh, um, crusade that they've been going on, they've just been taking L's left and right. I think it's time that they rebrand. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They rebrand and just get resurrected as some other bullshit. Kevin Sabet needs to pack his bags and go home, take the L. Just shut up and just go away for a couple of years. Oh, man. Yeah, that would be so great. It's bro. not the state's job to be your mommy. Okay, if your kids are smoking weed, which mine did and I did when I was a teenager, like it's a parent's job to deal with that. It's not the state's job. Mm-hmm. And that's yep. where I fundamentally disagree. It's called acting in loco parentis, in the place of your parents. Fuck that. You got parents as a child. If you're vaping and buying this shit or getting it, that's a parent's problem. You shouldn't outlaw everything out there just because a kid's doing something a parent can't make them stop. The nature of parent-teenage relationships. And on top of that, there's not a single bit of scientific evidence showing that people smoking weed as a teenager leads them to be brain damaged as they get older, leads them to, you know, go into moral turpitude crimes. Yeah, they, they might get catch a case because of weed, but it doesn't make them a criminal. This um, beating this drum is way, way old. Just stop it, Kevin. You're a fucking idiot. Yeah, <laughs> get him, Uncle Dale. Yeah, uh, 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 shout out to uh, James of Flatbush. He asked, uh, um, he wonders if uh, LeBron James will open up a dispensary. I would not be surprised. I would not be surprised uh, if you've been uh, watching LeBron Net, you know, his uh, website and everything. He's been doing a lot of uh, um, articles uh, on uh, athletes and cannabis uh, being linked to cannabis. Uh, too, I would not be surprised if he um, if, if if he does. Um, you think he'll qualify for social equity? Takes in, you know, he, he's he's a big he's a big man. He's a big uh, wine uh, connoisseur, and um, I would not be surprised if he uh, partakes. You think you scenes. think he'll qualify for social equity? <laughs> Hot cookies did. Cook, cookies did, didn't they? Just saying, I wouldn't be Just surprised saying. if he did. I, I mean, uh, if you do, if you take where LeBron grew up, I guess that that's that, that's qualify. exactly that's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. I think I, I don't I think, see why I don't see oh, why I would not fund a bunch of Akron uh, social equity applicants like P Diddy or did. social equity businesses. Like that would be Diddy. fantastic. Like P Diddy, yeah, that would be yeah, super dope. So listen, I'm gonna put it out there. I'm gonna leave it. I'm gonna call. I'm gonna call him out, LeBron. Put out the social equity applicants out of Akron. Fund that yeah. thing. And that would be a really awesome venture for you. It'd be profitable, and you'd be doing good work. Or, 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 or you could do like like uh, Chris Webber in New York and just say you're going to do it, and then the, the state will say that they're going to put together a fund, and then there's no money in it. If LeBron does that, that might move him past Michael Jordan. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, well, LeBron's the first active uh, um, uh, high-ranking uh, athlete to be a billionaire while he's playing. So um, – you know, break off a little cash. You know, P. Diddy failed. Yep. And um, and I'm always talking about representation, whether you like LeBron or, or, or not, whether you like P. Diddy or not. Like, 
uh, having somebody of color in that position, uh, in an executive place, and actually breaking off their own bread uh, to do that is, is great for representation, and people follow that. So yes, hopefully it does. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. We shall see. I'm not going to hold my breath, though, for this, just so you guys know. I'm not holding I, I, my I breath. Know. You, you want to put some money on it? I think I think I think chances are that we see LeBron supporting this in some way uh, or fashion vocally. I'm going to go a step further. Ball. I'm going to say yeah. chances are that we see LeBron jump into the industry in some form within the next year. That's too Period. vague. That's too vague. Yep. Way too vague. Well, we all all, all he has to do is just vocal. invest in something and then he can be considered in the industry. So that's that that's way too vague. I mean, that's what every that's what everybody does, just invest in something and they're in the industry, right? <laughs> that's what I'm saying. I don't I don't I don't define that as in the industry to me. To me, you got like gotta be doing something. Like, like you don't really have to be plant something. touching. Are you mm-hmm. saying he has to be plant touching? Yep. I'm saying he's gotta be plant touching hundred percent. So LeBron gotta be LeBron gotta be in the grow room, bro. I'm sorry, dog. You gotta be in the grow room, or yeah. or Jason ain't ain't certifying you. No, hundred percent. Yeah, I'm but I'm not certain the NBA is going to allow proxy. that. What's that? I'm not certain the NBA is going to allow that. How cool I mean, would it be? They're getting better about weed because everyone in the in basketball smokes weed. How right? cool? But allow them to go out there. I think yeah. the NBA is still struggling with the image. Uh, and not that they should, but I I, I think they're gonna they're gonna be some foot dragging allow LeBron as an active player under contract in the league to be out there, you know, slinging weed. I don't think it's a bad thing. I just, I just see that they're going to drag their feet about that a bit. How cool no, would he's it be? He's not going to be, he's not going to be any plant touching. No, hold on. How cool would it be like to see him, to see him like bud tending in his own store? How cool would that be? Okay. <laughs> just, he's the face of the NBA. He's just not the bud. The buds. That's what I'm saying, bro. This, this, this could, this could be a big, a big, a big shift. Could be the it catalyst be for a major shift. Yeah, they have. They have been. They have been uh, loosening up their rules and everything. They and have. the NBA is the most forward uh, when it comes to that. I mean, you, you you have to just know with basketball culture comes smoking weed, man. Mm-hmm. I don't know anybody street baller or organized baller like in their downtime. I didn't smoke with. Period. I mean, listen. There's no <laughs> weed cultivars named after any football or baseball players. Right. You got Gary Payton. You have Gary Payton. You you, you got a. Uh, what other, what other ones we got? <laughs> That's the only one that I know. What are their basketball players? What, what do we, they got strains we... after them. Got LeBron Hayes. Oh, boy. LeBron I, Hayes. I'm, yeah, in the trap world. <laughs> LeBron runs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, we got it. We got to keep. We we got to keep it moving. We got a couple couple more to couple more to get through. Coming up next. That's right. It's Mr. Luke Scarmazzo. He's your favorite neighborhood outlaw correspondent who did some time for a cannabis crime, but didn't do no telling, but is a convicted felon. That's right. It is Mr. Luke Scarmazzo. Yeah. Happy Wednesday, everybody. Luke Scarmazzo coming to you live here at my daughter's house in, uh, Modesto, California, live on the sc- on the scene at Jasmine Scarmazzo's apartment. So, yeah, this is a this is a pretty dopey uh, like full circle moment for me right here. When I went away, she was like in kindergarten, so now I'm at her house, you know, doing the news. So that's pretty dope for me. Anyway, shout out Jasmine, love you, baby girl. Anyhow, DEA likely to okay marijuana rescheduling, but election and lawsuits could get in the way. Hmm. 
This is from uh, MJ Biz yesterday by Chris Roberts. From zealous drug war to out of touch elder statesmen, the regulated marijuana industry savior apparent, President Joe Biden's long arc in the public life has been more than has have been more twists of head. One year after setting in motion the most significant transformation in federal marijuana policy since the 1970s, I kind of take a little dispute with that statement, but we'll continue. The same politician whose views as a U.S. senator escalated the drug war at its apex has now, as president, laid the cornerstone for a stable and lasting legal marijuana industry. That that whole that whole paragraph might have been written by a Biden speechwriter. I'm not sure. Love him or hate him, said Andrew Klein, Denver-based senior counsel at the national firm for Perkins Coy. This industry should show him some appreciation. Again, like, uh, I'm going to do a wait and see on that. How it started. Drug reformers had low hopes for Biden in the White House. A law and order hardliner as senator, Biden was routinely ridiculed in the 2020 cam campaign trail for refusing to adapt to the changing attitudes of drug use. By his October 2022 declaration that half a century of federal marijuana prohibition was a failed approach is, most, is his most pro forma statement for, as a sitting president. Biden's accompanying executive order for the federal health regulators to expeditiously reevaluate the way the country regulates marijuana accumulated with an August 29th recommendation from the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, the HHS, that the drug be reclassified as a Schedule III controlled substance. The recommendation is, is the federal government's first admission that marijuana has medicinal value. Legal experts say that the U.S. Drug Enforcement Agency has no choice but to codify the recommendation, which would immediately relieve cannabis operators from their 280E, from Section 280E of the IRS code. Section 280E prohibits plant-touching businesses from taking normal business deductions on their federal tax returns. Given the recommendation, given that the recommendation appears less than a year after the review process has launched, it's clear it's a clear indicator that the White House is taking drug policy reform seriously. A, a second Biden term, if it materializes, might trend interstate commerce, interstate marijuana commerce, and federal legalization, observers say. How it's going. As of mid-October, mid the DEA was evaluating the recommendation and the final steps before the agency issues a proposed change to federal law. But even that now seems like a formality. The DEA has yet to contradict health regulators' recommendations on matters of health, uh, science and health and might lack the authority to do so, according to an analysis from the Congressional Research Service think tank. That means that the DEA is likely to sign off on the HHS recommendation and the issue and issue a proposed rule change, possibly as early as the end of the year, predicting Howard Strandberg, a former top enforcement official for the Food and Drug Administration, who is now partner at a Washington, D.C. law firm, Arnold and Porter. I don't think that it will take terribly long, Strandberg said, we, who, who also correctly predicted that the HHS recommendation would come more quickly than many had anticipated. They're wanting to get this thing done. They'll have the rule done certainly by 2024 and probably not too late into 2024 given the political cycle, he added. That, that means that Biden, chief sponsor and lead agitator for the notorious 1994 crime bill and the 1988 anti-drug abuse bill, which increased my mandatory minimum, that filled the nation's prisons with nonviolent drug offenders could run for re-election with doing more than any other president to legalize marijuana on his resume. 
which could be a key factor in the cannabis-friendly swing states such as Florida, Ohio, and Pennsylvania. Biden was not a friend of cannabis, mm -hmm. said Aaron Miles, chief investment officer of Chicago-based marijuana multi-state operator Verano, Group, Verano Holdings Corp. At one point recently, he was calling this a gateway drug. For this administration to embrace this as a medicine is just massive, massive, end quote. What's next? While drugs have been rescheduled and even descheduled in the past, the most relevant example being Epidiolex, the hemp-derived CBD-rich epilepsy treatment that the DEA classified as a Schedule Five drug in 2018 before removing it from the Controlled Substance Act entirely in 2020, experts agree that there is little precedent for rescheduling marijuana that would give a clear picture of what to follow. It's totally fair to say that this is unprecedented. Jonathan Calkins, a drug policy researcher at professor at Carnegie Mellon University in Pittsburgh. This is a botanical number one, said Klein of Perkins Cole. And number two, there's never been a nationwide marketplace for a drug that has been approved by the FDA like this. But those things are true. He's Still, there are generally agreed upon process that rescheduling recommendation will follow from there, policy experts say. After that, the DEA weighs rescheduling matters of policy, including U.S. obligations under treaties, well, what will trigger the federal lawmaking process laid out by the Administration Procedures Act. The DEA publishes the rule. The rule opens for, for 30 to 60 days for public comment. The rule might be issued by the end of the year, meaning that rescheduling could take effect as soon as spring. What the DEA cannot do is contradict the rescheduling recommendation. The DA has to accept the medical and scientific evaluation, Klein said. That is statutory. Observers agree that most certainly, that almost certainly could be lawsuits, both by the legalization foes seeking to keep marijuana strictly legal and by legalization advocates seeking to deschedule the drug entirely. Either way, both scenarios could lead to a judge imposing injunctions and halting rescheduling rescheduling process before the legal complaint is resolved. So what's still to happen here? Yet, as critics and skeptics point out, rescheduling is not legalization. Downgrading cannabis from a Schedule One to a Schedule Three of the CS, CSA, which permits doctors and DEA-licensed pharmacies to provide FDA-approved drugs, such as anabolic steroids, ketamine, and Tylenol with codeine, might raise more questions and than answers for the industry that largely operates independently of physicians and mainstream pharmacies. It may be a halfway victory for the industry if suddenly federal authorities assist that doctors must prescribe marijuana like other drugs, said Joshua Horn of the Philadelphia headquartered law firm Fox Rothschild. Another complication would be the new resident in the White House. If Biden, if it's possible that if Biden, whose, whose approval rating stood around 42 in August, according to research at, from firm Gallup, and who is neck and neck with former President Donald Trump is most presidential in most presidential polling could lose this election. And then it talks about like if if Trump comes on that it could change. Rescheduling rather than descheduling also has some voice has led to some voices in the cannabis industry claiming that the process is a Trojan horse meant to gift marijuana to big pharmacy interests. Experts interviewed by MJ Biz magazine agreed that such talk is conspiracy level misinformation that's not grounded in facts or practical reality. It's crazy town for a whole variety of reasons, Perkin Coy's client said. What pharmaceutical company is going to spend billions of, on clinical trials or pre-market review of a drug that's already being used by millions of people? There's no pharmaceutical company that invests like that. The FDA does not have the bandwidth or the resources or the wherewithal or the expertise to regulate this product, he added. They said that you can't 
they can't even regulate CBD. So what are they going to do? Stop inspecting meat so they can start cracking down on cannabis? Telling these concerns while led to some loud are squarely on the fringe. And then it talks about like how we need to get safe banking to pass and this will help do that. And, uh, you know, I think that the realization that the administration and Congress is never going to get this done, I think that's part of what we got going on here, why the president is pushing it. Rescheduling would have an important symbolic effect, blah, blah, blah. And then it goes where, you know, moving it down to schedule three means that the statement is no longer there of saying that it doesn't have any efficacy. And where I advocate in a state to legalize cannabis laws that would make it politically safer for me when talking to state legislators and when talking to sheriffs. The fact is, changing cannabis laws is incredibly complicated and it was never going to be done in a snap of a finger. There are steps, and this is a big one, Scamberg added. Okay, that was a long one. Sorry about that. Um, so let me begin by saying my commentary by saying cannabis should be descheduled completely. Now, that said, I do view schedule three as progress and i agree that it gives us our position as advocates more credibility with the opposition and that that's whose minds that we have to actually enlighten and and engage with however i'm not 100 sold on the fact that the dea is going to go right along with this because there's no precedent in this yes sure most of the time they would accept science and fact but there's no precedent for this particular thing to happen and the dea has already like uh, ignored their own administrative law judge, Fra Francis L. Young, when he recommended that cannabis be rescheduled to the agency. So I'm hopeful, but I'm cautious. But let's further break down what Chris Roberts said, said here. He says, and accurately in my opinion, that no one knows exactly what this will look like if cannabis goes to Schedule 3 because it's never happened before. There's never been a robust nationwide market for a Schedule 3 substance that's yet to be approved. Cannabis still remains federally illegal, just like it was when it was a Schedule One narcotic, right? So you can you can still go to prison if you get caught on the street with a Schedule Three, whether it be something you attained from a pharmacy or it be cannabis, and you're selling it on the street, you will go to prison. So it removes the ridiculous 280E, which I think is dope. It'll be a boon for the industry, especially mm -hmm. at retail. So I welcome it. If the DEA signs off on this recommendation, but we still need to keep fighting to completely deschedule and make sure that no one is in prison for this plan, because that's really the, the things that are important here. This is Luke Scarmazzo, your neighborhood outlaw correspondent, reporting live at the Hyatt Nine News and sending us back to our Los Angeles studios and my esteemed colleagues. What are your thoughts on this really interesting piece of news? I, I think is this is a sham. Well, <clears throat> it's a sham. It's a sham and shame on the DEA for supporting moving Travis to schedule three travesty mockery and and, and and this attorney guy that that is saying how this moving it to schedule three isn't just throwing it into uh the hands of big pharma i feel like is just getting paid off by project sam in my opinion because that's exactly what it would do because we have the food drugs and cosmetic act and saying that the federal government wouldn't regulate it because of cbd already doesn't make sense because they already have drug preclusion on cbd with epidiolex and drug preclusion on thc with marinol so so how does that all play out you know, it, make, it makes a lot more sense uh, that your boy vivek ramaswamy voted against legalization last night you know because uh he is all about that big pharma <laughs> i mean yeah. stop it stop i, it. I trust the court more than i trust the dea I don't I mean, trust the DEA at all because they have an administrative uh, runaround that you cannot get out of. 
and this guy's saying that it's not going to bring big pharma in. I don't know what percentage of the people currently licensed to be involved in cannabis are going to survive, but I don't think it's going to be a large percentage because the DEA is going to make you jump through so many hoops to be able to manufacture uh, cannabis and then move it around and sell it. I, I want the courts to step in and go, no, it can't be a Schedule One. remove it, and then send it back to Congress and make them yep. do something about this. Right now, that, that's, a, that's a false choice, and the consequences are going to be disastrous. I Every agree. social equity person in this country is going to eat shit if this goes to Schedule Three. That's very true. I disagree. I disagree. I disagree in the sense of with, with both you guys, respectfully, in the sense that it doesn't change anything like yeah, tomorrow if the federal government says hey guys only pharmacies can dispense cannabis and but our state laws don't change and none of the other state laws change it doesn't change anything your dispensary is illegal today it's illegal tomorrow if it's schedule three it doesn't change any of what our industry how it's regulated like if the federal government has been telling us what to do with cannabis and we haven't listened to them we've only done stuff as we do as a state we listen to our state and we're a sovereign state so the, the the whole like thing about oh well if schedule three happens the pharmaceutical companies are going to automatically take over listen the pharmaceutical companies are waiting on the wings to take over no matter what and they are going to come in but that doesn't change anything as well either like the mso's are still as big as some of these i mean not money wise but large like a a, a, a pharmaceutical company and in their in those senses like they what a pharmaceutical company is going to do a bigger greenhouse or more cannabis or you know what i'm saying like it just it, those things are already here now they're going to look bigger of course when we have those big players come in the alcohol industry tobacco industry pharmaceutical company they're coming trust me they're licking their chops on the sideline but what i'm saying is the schedule three thing does not change this our does not change our dynamic as a california state dispensary or a licensed cultivator at all you are still federally illegal. Until it's descheduled, you will remain federally illegal and you will be able to go to prison. I wanna stress this to people. You're like, get, we are getting lost in the weeds on this about saying like, hey, what will happen if this schedule, what will the feds will let us do and who will okay, what store will be licensed? Like, man, come on, none of that matters. They. None of it matters now, and so why would we automatically start listening I, to them then? I, I, I'm going to tell you why. I'm going to tell you why, because the reason why it doesn't matter is because we have Rohrabacher Farr in place, which is now Blumenhauer McClintock. That's why that matters. So that stops the Justice Department from going after state-licensed cannabis businesses. Right now, the FDA doesn't have jurisdiction over Schedule One drugs, and that would immediately put them in involvement of having jurisdiction, and so that, that's why. That, that that's no, why but, everything but the, the Rohrabacher amendment doesn't go away though so like so yes if, but if, that's if only goes, for the justice department that's people. not for the fda the fda what? has its own the fda has its own enforcement division okay sure their own. but what that what, what you're, you're missing with the Rohrabacher what the Rohrabacher amendment says the Rohrabacher merely says that we will not use doj funds to prosecute individuals in state that are following state law so that amendment would still and you won't you won't you won't be following state law because it, once it goes to Schedule Three, you're going to have to be a pharmacy, and therefore, by the state's definition, you're not going to be a pharmacy. So you're already breaking the law. No, so no, no, have, no, 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 no. Yeah, the state yeah, still yeah. has their cannabis 100%. law. The nope. state still has their I'm dispensary not, law, Jason. No, no, no. Hang on. No. Right now, we have not had a ruling that these state laws are in conflict with federal law because they have joint jurisdiction over cannabis right now under the Controlled Substances Act. They make it Schedule Three and make it be in a pharmacy, 
courts well, could certainly Dale, who, Dale, who has joint yep. jurisdiction? The feds and the state have joint jurisdiction. No, no, no. no. The, feds, the feds absolutely have jurisdiction. They can supersede our state jurisdiction as they did with you and I. So the feds absolutely have jurisdiction in this sense. Now, the state, we are protected as state citizens under the state laws, right? Those don't protect us from the federal laws. Well, if the federal, the rates decision in clear back to Wickard versus Filburn, if there is a federal scheme to control marijuana, the states do not get to enter into it. That's how this works. And so far, we've been dancing around that and in between the lines. California found that federal law does not preempt state law. But if they put it in Schedule 3 and require that everybody have a federal license, a controlled substance license, and to go through a pharmacy, these state laws are now subject to attack for being preempted by exactly. federal law. But exactly. 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 But you would have to go back and change the state law, is my and, point. And, 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 is and, as it yeah. sits right now. All the federal yeah. court, no, all no. the federal court has to do is say they're preempted and they are all wiped out. Exactly. But a federal court has to, to do that, or we would have to go back and change the state law to say now that you would have to for, follow federal or Schedule 3 federal law. We don't have hold either on, one hold of those on, situations Hold on, hold on, hold on, Luke. Right what are you saying, Dale? What are you saying? Evan Sabet would file that suit tomorrow. They're standing Understandable. By I, I, I'm not saying that people wouldn't file this suit, but what I'm saying is right now, as it stands, if Schedule 3 happens tomorrow, nothing changes for us as an industry in I California. Disagree. That's I disagree. I point. totally disagree with that. I totally disagree. And you're, you're entitled to. Yes, I totally disagree with that. Well, federal courts can issue injunctions, Luke, okay? And that's the kind of thing we're looking at, to go in and stop all these state laws while they figure this out. Um, I mean, I can just see this coming. And the forces that we're against, they would have an avenue to get into the federal courts and just fuck with this all day long. I would be Dale, I would be really surprised if a federal court issued an injunction to stop the entire industry. I would be that would be in a huge injunction. Fucking federal court in Mississippi would yeah, shut this 100%, shit down tomorrow. A hundred percent they would. It would shut it down in Mississippi. No, they would oh, shut yeah. it down that, what, once that it gets filed in that court. Yep. That would be a, that would be a, that would be a, a Mississippi circuit ruling though. That wouldn't affect California once yes, again. It would. It would affect. It would affect. No, it would not, Jason. Yeah. Fed, listen, when when a it'd judge federal, rules, when a, a when a district judge rules at a district level in Mississippi, those laws. Now you can use them for supporting factors in your case, but they are not controlling law in the Ninth Circuit. And this will all be continued. We got to keep oh, this moving. That that's true initially, until it gets to an appellate court, and yes. then it runs right to the Supreme Court. And I'll tell you right now, the Supreme Court is going to flush this whole shit down the toilet. They get a chance. I don't know. We have some conservatives there that may support states' rights, and Clarence Thomas has already kind of leaned that way. Yeah, he based that upon the went in overtime. Uniform policy. You guys duke it out. We got. I would be interested to see this go to the Supreme Court. I wanted to go to the Supreme Court. I would too. I wouldn't make a large. Look at that. Through all through all that, we got through some consensus. Yeah, and, it, and it's always all love. This, this is why I love our show. You got people on both sides of every single issue. Sometimes uh, three, four sides of every issue, and we all come back together, and it's all love because cannabis is a communal plant.
But thank you all for joining us for another episode of High Nine News. Big shout out to Ohio and the big news today. Uh, catch us live weekdays, 9 a.m. Pacific, high noon on the East Coast. Big shout out to our super fans showing love, getting their comments live on the big screen, our live audience and supporters online. Catching us across all media platforms, tuning in each day to the headlines of chaos, also known as the developing cannabis industry. To our vetted correspondent team, tuning in from all over, bringing us a much-needed variety of perspective and your respective opinions to the table as well. To our production team, Cloud Media Partners, and all of our sponsors keeping the lights on and our AV struggles to an absolute minimum. And always, Cannabis Sativa L, the Reason High 9 News team, reads these headlines every single day. Thank you. It has been Wednesday. November 8th, 2023. The show's over. You've all been blessed with the top industry headlines. Hope it's enough for you to put in your pipe and smoke, at least until tomorrow. Luis Carmazzo, you got the, you got the outro today, my man. The, I, lo- I love the stand-up. I, I, I love the delivery today, man. You're just, just killing it. What you got for us, man? Bring us Thanks, brother. Thank you, man. It's a, it's a wonderful day, man. It's all love spreading around. And, man, love is an emotion. And remember, emotions are wonderful servants, but they are terrible masters. Take that out into the world and spread that, man. Hi at 9 News. We love you guys.